Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So, I'm going to warn everybody. I have not had a good talking week. I've been <laughs> tongue-tied. I can't, like, I have to answer phones at work. This has not been going well. <laughs> so, sorry if I don't do well in this. Okay, so, I did want to also clarify, before I forget, that we are not recording the week of Christmas. So, the actual episode will not air that following week right yes okay so that following tuesday so the tuesday after christmas which would be new year's day right mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah new year's day or no yeah we will not be releasing an episode so i wanted to clarify that because it sounded like we were not rec- not releasing on christmas on that christmas week yeah. which we will be still having one that week so uh next thing uh we have a new segment Yay. Um, and this is provided to us by Chris, friend of the show. And this is going to be called Beautiful Beasts. Yay. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to read this because um, Chris is doing all of this. So it says, thank you so much for allowing me to join Ghoul's Night Out podcast with a segment to educate and help pets. There are so many of us that treat our pets like children. We love them with all of our hearts. Pets are loyal. They love a, love you unconditionally. They don't care what color you are, if you're fat or thin, ugly or beautiful. They just want you to love them, and they want to love you. So many pets have loving homes, but then there are pets who live in their worst nightmare, and I'm hoping to educate and help these animals who are not loved or, or neglected. My name is Chris, and over the last couple of years, I started helping out with rescues and developed great friendships with so many rescues. It is rewarding, but at the same time, it can be very heartbreaking, which I, yeah, I would totally, yeah, I couldn't, I would want to take them all home. I know, I know. With Christmas just around the corner, I felt it was best to start out with, please think twice about purchasing puppies for Christmas. So many do, and months later, the shelters are hit hard with these puppies to be surrendered, or worse yet, so many families give their older dogs or cats up to make room for the cute little puppy or kitten. Is that true? They don't do that. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Don't do that, you guys. A pet is a huge commitment. Please do not get a pet unless you are willing to commit to their lifetime. If you're thinking about a puppy, dog, or kitten or cat for Christmas for a Christmas gift and have never owned one before I ask that you think about going to your local shelters and reaching out to a local shelter to see if you can foster see if you are up for the challenge and bring a pet to bring a pet into your life full-time fostering gives you the opportunity to really see the see if this is what you want to commit to it also allows a pet to come into your home and get away from the day-to-day stress of shelters and gives them the opportunity to let their personality shine which then you can report back to the shelter or rescue and it allows them more insight on the pet for potential adopters some of the things to look forward to what to do if your pet goes missing the skunk formula if your pet gets 
too curious and gets sprayed by a skunk, what foods are harmful, what food is beneficial, and also much more. I saw this the other day on Facebook and read it to my husband. It says, wife steps on husband's foot and says, sorry. Wife steps on dog's paw. Oh my God, baby, I'm so sorry. Mommy didn't mean to hurt you. Are you okay? Let me rub your paw, give you hugs and kisses and treats. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Jim, which is uh, Chris's husband, yells to her, that is so you. (laughs) It's the truth. I do that. My dogs are spoiled. I have two dogs, Zena, who is six years old, a black pit bull that I rescued when she was five weeks old. She was the runt and they could not sell her, so they dumped her at a shelter. And Thor, the 95-pound baby pit who is two years old, I adopted him from a wonderful lady who bought Thor's mom off of a drug dealer who was not taking care of her. Every day before I leave for work, we have our morning ritual. They know when the gate goes up on the stairs that it's almost time, but when I turn the TV to the animal to Animal Planet and start to walk into the kitchen towards the treat jars, they watch me. The minute I open the first jar, they run to their beds and spin in circles and wait. That's so cute. <laughs> they each get four different treats. I put them in their beds and proceed to them. Okay, time for mommy and daddy to go to work. You two have a good day and be good. We will see you soon. So, who else does stuff like that? We don't have rituals, but as soon as we say treat or food or potty or outside, they're just like, oh my God, it's so great. <laughs> uh, we have a ritual. Oh, yeah. Every day when I get home from work. They both know they get a treat. Uh-huh. So they're both right there. Leia has to lay down before <laughs> she gets her treat. And Odin has to beg. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little opposite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, looking to see if this is some something everyone would love for me to continue. Show your support and go to the Ghouls Night Out Facebook page and post a picture of your pet. Let's see your pets at their best, especially with the holiday coming. Or if you have a suggestion or funny story or want to share how your pet came into your life or tell us your morning ritual, uh, you can email to ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. It says, please remember to be kind to animals and adopt. Don't shop. Yay! So that was Beautiful Beasts, um, our new segment. And if you guys want Chris to continue, let us know. Like she said, email us. Uh, you can email in your stories. You can also post your pet pictures to Instagram and Twitter. We need content on there as well. So look that up um, or Facebook, whatever you guys want. This week, okay, so I, I got these ready before we decided to read the book. So this, we're going back to Halloween. Yay! And I have a stupid joke. Okay. (laughs) Which I don't know if I did this one or not. What kind of key does a ghost use to unlock his room? I think I did. Yeah, spooky. Yeah, I did. Okay, sorry. No stupid joke. Except the same one that we already heard. Unless you have a joke on top of your I did the spooky this time. (laughs) Oh, I see him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this week I did Americans share the things they didn't realize that were typically American until they traveled. Hmm. So I thought this was, yeah, it it is interesting. So 
First one, when I went to Australia, I found out very quickly that no one down there roots, quote, roots for a team. They, quote, go for a team. So when I said root for the Red Sox, I got a lot of weird looks, especially (laughs) since the word root means to have sex with something in Aussie slang. (laughs) I bet they were like, what the, the whole team? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. Okay, next one. I moved to England from Texas about six years ago. One of the major things that I noticed was that smiling and being friendly towards strangers was considered bizarre. This is a bit true in any metropolitan area, but especially in the UK. In Texas, I was used to smiling at people, asking for directions if I needed them, and being friendly towards strangers. I learned very quickly that smiling at someone on the tube or asking someone for directions on the street immediately makes someone think you're going to scam or rob them or you're crazy well so don't talk to anybody there don't look at anybody there don't smile the uk oh england that's weird it is weird oh well that actually sounds great i don't want to move there (laughs) don't talk to me don't touch me don't look at me i'm just kidding Okay, next one. The prices abroad don't add tax after the fact. You pay what the price shows. No need to figure the tax. Dumb that we don't do that here. Yeah. Yeah, it is dumb. It's dumb that we get taxed on the money we earn. It's dumb we get taxed on the house we buy, the everything we buy. Anyway... Next one, I did an art history course in Italy. What really stood out to me was the size of cars over there. Over there, you have a mix of mid-sized sedans and pickup trucks or SUVs with the occasional compact car. Back when I went, compact cars here were incredibly scarce. Over there, it seemed like most everyone drove a compact car with the occasional sports car. I remember counting six pickup trucks in the 10 days I was there. For comparison, I can name more than six people I know who own a pickup here. So that's like a, that makes sense though, Mm -hmm. that they want smaller cars and Americans are like, yeah, America, you know, (laughs) big old, you know. Um, Next one, the stereotype about us being loud is true. (laughs) I never thought of myself as being loud until I went abroad and would hang up the phone after speaking in what I thought was an appropriate volume, staring at me, and realized how much more quiet they were. LOL, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, my dad and his friend were visiting Vietnam some years ago, and they went to a restaurant and ordered what they thought was a normal amount of food. Shortly into the meal, they noticed that all the restaurant staff were clustered into the kitchen door staring at them. They had never seen anyone order so much for two. <laughs> I wonder if it was like, you know, Buca de Beppo's where it's like a family serving and they're like, yeah, give me that. <laughs> Next one, I worked in a job where we opened up a manufacturing plant in Juarez, Mexico. It's not that far from the border, but I was surprised how the culture shifted so differently from the out, uh, from the U.S. side to the Mexico side. I'm a female, and I had worked with mostly males in Mexico. There were so 
they were so very kind and polite and was a great it was a great experience but I'll never forget the time I tried to hold the door open for a man they were not okay with it they made me go through the door first later they explained that they knew me and knew that my intentions were not ill-willed they said that for me as a female to hold the door for a male was a huge no-no which is why they refused to go through the door what the fuck ever dude it's 2019 yeah Anyway, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> next, uh, next one. Road trips. At least jumping. At least just jumping in the car and driving a few hours without giving it much thought. I live in a huge western state, and it seems at least every other weekend my family and I were in the car traveling for a few hours to see some sight, go to go into Mexico or another state. I have relatives in Switzerland, and they were going to drive us to Frankfurt Airport, and I was blown away how big of a deal it was to them. My uncle had the car inspected, shopped around for gas, and printed off travel and weather reports. All for a trip my dad would have said, hey kids, let's do this this weekend in the car hmm so like oh my gosh we're gonna be driving an hour we gotta get travel (laughs) information we gotta get weather yeah that's kind of crazy yeah but you know i have heard and it might be in this actually so i'll just wait next one measuring walking and driving distances in blocks it's the unit of measure i use most frequently when giving directions The restaurant is three blocks away. Go south one block and then two blocks west. I live six blocks from the grocery store and so forth. It wasn't until I studied abroad in England that I got completely a completely blank look when I asked someone how many blocks away the library was that I realized using block as a measurement only makes sense in cities that are largely pre-planned and built on a grid system aka not many places outside the u.s Mm, yeah that's interesting yeah next one my dad had an occasion to do some work in the soviet union in the 1960s he was an engineer on particle physics experiments and so came to know a few of the guys right after the soviet union fell one of the scientists he knew came for a visit and he and his wife were simply astonished by the idea of a garbage disposal they just stopped what they were doing when my folks did some washing up they took them to sears to buy one to bring home presumably what became the first disposal in dubna russia hmm interesting i bet there's so many things that we take for granted that oh probably other countries they're like what yeah (laughs) Uh, here's another friendly one being friendly to an extent i checked into a hostel and walked into a lounge area where people were all were from all over the world and they were just chilling i kind of introduced myself to the whole room and someone goes you're from the states yeah and I'm like, yeah, how'd you know? They said, only an American will walk into a room of strangers and introduce themselves to everybody. <laughs> it was said in good spirits and was not confrontational at all. After the room had a laugh, I sat down and we all shared our travel stories. I still keep in touch with a lot of the people I met in that room. Hmm. Small avocados. I went to Puerto Rico and was like, yo, I'll have like six of those stuffed avocados. But he was like... I think you underestimate the size of our avocados here. Just have one and I'll bring you more if you want. I had half a one. It was like a football. 
Oh my gosh! <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! Ours are like lemons. Yeah. They're like nothing. That's crazy. Huh. Next one, s'mores. I was in New Zealand having a bonfire on the beach, and someone went and grabbed a bag of marshmallows, and then everyone just ate them by themselves. <laughs> And someone from Sweden asked me if s'mores were a real thing or only on TV. Oh. I was flabbergasted. This is all due in part to the fact that other places don't tend to have graham crackers. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> oh, you guys, you've got to try s'mores. If you've never tried a s'more... That's horrible. It's totally real and it's totally delicious. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my God, I know. I mean, how could you go wrong with graham crackers and chocolate and roasted marshmallows? Mm-hmm. Mm, yummy. It's good. Try it. Messy, but yum. Yeah, they're totally, yeah. <laughs> but worth it. I oh, mean. yeah. <laughs> Wash your hands. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. More common in UK, but not having electrical outlets in restrooms or bathrooms. Like, how do you ha- blow dry your hair and clean your hands? Uh, from hair products just used do it in the bedroom on the ground or the dresser that you have to buy a mirror for when it's a perfectly good mirror in the bathroom and a sink so no electrical outlets in bathrooms i use all kinds of electrical in my bathroom i guess they're trying to be safe and shit Mm. Mm -hmm. i need to be beautiful seriously what the fuck (laughs) care about safe (laughs) have to die and look good Okay, next one. My British colleagues say watching American movies, seeing scenes of hair... Oh, this is still going on. Of hair blow dryers in the restroom is so foreign to them. Also in the UK, having independent switches on every outlet. Hmm. Independent switches? On every outlet. Independent switches on every outlet. I don't know what that means. I don't either. We're not electricians. No. By the way. Work defining you completely. Sure, everyone complains about too many hours, not enough pay, but then they all talk. Then they all. But then all they talk about is work. See, I told you. I'm mm. all messed up. Recently moved to Germany, work is highly compartmentalized by people here. They don't talk about it much when not at work. Also, reasonable working hours are a thing here. As a new hire, I got a 38 hour week. 30 days vacation annually, and that's only a little over the government required amount. Our vacation and stuff in the U.S. Sucks. Oh, yeah, it's like non existent or barely, especially for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Couldn't imagine getting a month like right, right, right off the bat. Oh, that would be Hell awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Here, take a month off. We'll pay you. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so nice. Anyway, I feel so guilty if I call in. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm almost dying, but I'm coming. I'm coming in. <laughs> okay, next one. Going out to a restaurant. In America, you are seated ASAP, and then they bring you drinks, appetizers, entree, dessert, and then a check as quickly as possible, if it's good service, for a total of about 45 minutes to an hour and a half-ish. Staying past this time is seen a bit rude. In Europe, going out to eat seemed to be more of an event that you slowly enjoyed for a longer period of time. First, they bring you drinks and an appetizer for the first hour. Then the second hour is the entree and dessert. 
Then it's more drinks and another half an hour or so. I don't know if it's because we're American, but it seems like the wait staff everywhere we went was annoyed that we were rushing them when we just thought it was bad service and didn't understand the routine. That's crazy. I wouldn't want to sit at a restaurant for well. That's two what and they're. Hours. That's what they're saying. It's more of of a like an event. It's more of a like they don't they don't just go out to eat and then leave. You oh, know what I mean? Like a, I see. They yeah. They. It's but like still. A, it's like a night out. If they decide yeah. to go out to eat, it's like a night out. When when we were like, okay, hurry up, we're gonna get our shit and back home and yeah and americans just want money so they want to get those people in and out of there more more customers more money next one huge amounts of personal space i know everywhere has the concept of a personal bubble but for americans it's more like a personal iron curtain (laughs) now i can't unsee the links that americans will go to to be far away from other people next time you get on an elevator or a metro in america look at how perfectly spaced out everyone is standing to maximize the distance to other people yeah yeah don't touch me don't look at me i don't want to talk to you (laughs) next one eating a burger and fries with your hands i just assumed everyone did this i went to sweden with my boyfriend and we stopped at a burger joint small local place when the chef heard we were american he immediately wanted us to try a specialty burger he made and tell him what we thought about it they were all excited when we picked it up with our hands and we realized everyone else in the place was using a fork and knife for a hamburger the burger was 11 out of 10 though but yeah what the fuck is that you pick that shit up yes <laughs> and you do. shove it in your mouth didn't hamburgers didn't isn't that an american thing i like we came up with it or oh i have no idea hmm. i couldn't even imagine eating a hamburger with a, a fork no it's a sandwich exactly you pick it up and eat it <laughs> And french fries? Did they use the fork and knife on a french fries? That's just weird. (laughs) Sorry, I I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Oops. (laughs) It's not weird. You're weird. I mean, I'm weird. I'm weird. You're definitely weird. Yeah, I'm totally weird. Okay, next one. It hadn't occurred to me until I was watching some Australian television that people view old-timey American culture like we view old-timey British top hat culture. And people view places like L.A. like we view places like London. It's hard to explain, but the show I was watching had a couple that made their entire home-slash-hotel into an old-style American diner with bright red and pinball machines. (laughs) Another team had their house with the L.A. theme, which I still don't understand, but it just hadn't occurred to me that a vacation to a place like L.A. for someone in Australia is as exotic for me as a trip to Australia. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Or having a house like the inside of a Johnny Rockets is as insanely fascinating to them as a house looking like an Australian bungalow with koalas. So, yeah, I mean, I, that makes sense, but you just yeah. don't realize how other people look at yeah. you. Hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, next one. I lived in Spain for a few months with some Polish roommates. I managed to find some good imported American peanut butter, literally covered in dust at the bottom on the bottom shelf of a store, and made a PB and J. The two roommates were so disgusted by it that they were nearly in tears of horror when I tried to get them to try it. <laughs> a peanut butter and jelly? Oh my gosh. What's wrong with it? It's so good. It is. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> Um, in, next one. In the U.S., I have a standard American accent, similar to how newscasters or other TV people speak. It's pretty nondescript. When I lived in France, I obviously had an American accent when I spoke French that people picked up on in about two seconds, pretty much anywhere I went in France. My French friends would make fun of me with love and call me petite... M- American, I guess. <laughs> and other people I met in my travels were actually quite kind um, and had a lot of questions for me about the U.S. since this was in the early 90s. I'm not so sure things... I'm So I'm not sure if things have changed. Oh, th- this was in the early 90s, so she wasn't sure if things had changed since then. Mm. Next one, hiding my drink in my jacket when walking in public. I went out with a bunch of people from my hostel, and every time we crossed the street, I instinctively hid my drink in my jacket. My German friends made fun of me, saying, you Americans can legally carry around an assault rifle in public, but not an open drink? Oh, it was an alcoholic drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. It's like, why would you hide your drink? I know. I was like, what is it, like a Coke? What, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Why'd you hide your drink if you're crossing the street? You're that's not an American thing. <laughs> that's this weird dude. Uh, but yeah, I get. Um, yeah, because we can't walk around can't with open, open containers. No. Next one. This is going to sound a little weird, maybe, but lazy clothes. Americans sort ha- sort of have a uniform, for lack of a better word, and nine times out of ten, I can pinpoint an American in a crowd because of it. T-shirt, hoodie if it's cold, cargo shorts or leggings as pants of female, tennis shoes. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say Japan doesn't do casual, because they definitely do, but I guess it's more like casual is a fashion, and they make it look good while they're outside, whereas American look is just comfort above all else. <laughs> Which, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next one. Apparently, it's weird to carry around a reusable, non-plastic water bottle outside the U.S. What? When I studied in South America, the big joke at the university was, you can always tell who the Americans are by their water bottles. I was embarrassed by this, but not enough to not stay hydrated. But, yeah, I'm carrying my water everywhere. I got a reusable, plastic water bottle. That's good for you. Um, Next one, I emigrated to Australia 10 years ago. We talk very loudly. I notice other Americans instantly because of this. Another loud one. Mm -hmm. Especially on public transport. We sound very aggressive, too. (laughs) We tend to be a lot more friendly, though, but the volume and how fast we talk sounds aggressive to others. We are less afraid of going up to strangers and just talking, especially in bars and pubs. Don't expect to get a lot of that overseas. I guess that was the other, the next one. I've been told by others that it's very easy to spot an American because they always wear sneakers or basketball shoes with jeans, which is basically my uniform, so they're probably right. Yeah. 
Absolutely no one here installs flags on the front of their houses or goes around waving them at sports events uh, like Americans do. We love our flags for some reason. Next one, hardly anyone here knows their national anthem and other various immigrants I've talked to here are the same. Yet we know our anthem, backwards and forwards, and the Pledge of Allegiance and other countries didn't don't sing it before every sporting event. We are weird. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> What's normal? Yeah. Um, we tend to complain more. This one I've yet to personally experience, but others tell me this. I get that though. We do complain a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. I do. I really like try not to complain, and I still I'm like pissed all. <laughs> you know, like I people always tend to piss me off when I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get mad. It's a good day, sun shining. <laughs> And then someone cuts me the fuck off. <laughs> uh, some Swiss, Swiss friends of my grandfather were planning a trip around the U. Oh, this is what I was talking about. They were planning a trip around the U.S. and one day was reserved for Texas. They were planning on dropping by Austin, San Antonio, and then over to Houston for lunch. Then getting dinner in Dallas and Fort Worth and driving out of state that night. We had to tell them that Austin is an hour and a half from San Antonio and about four hours from Dallas. Then it's another few hours to Houston. So they thought they could travel around the state of Texas in one day. Oh, no. And, like, do stuff. No. Well, in other countries, things are very close together. Like, if they want to travel, it's not, like, a, a big deal. Yeah. So... Yeah, we have to spend hours in the car oh, if we're going to do that. Yeah. Next one, I always tell people the story about the difference between America and Japan, or most Asian countries from what I hear. We were in Tokyo on our last day exploring the Yino market. I don't know if I said that right. We decided to grab some green tea for the trip home. Eventually, we found a shop. One bag left, maybe the size of a brick. Being American, I figured this was just like Costco or something. I'll buy this thing, and then that was made in some factory somewhere far away and processed and sterilized and inspected and distributed and bought and sold three times before I touch it. The guy stops us and said something along the lines of, Oh, no, we have, a f we have fresh stuff in the back. We go into the back, and there's a small pickup truck just pulled off the mountain. The family is unloading the plants from the truck, picking off leaves and putting them into bags. This stunned me like speechless and it completely befuddled my girlfriend why anyone would think that was weird. That's super weird. We don't get fresh anything. No. Unless we go out and like sneak on a farm and <laughs> steal it. <laughs> and that's not cool. Or I guess, you know, grow it ourselves. Oh yeah, that's work though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> and I have successfully killed every plant I've ever been in charge oh, of. So yeah, me too. I do, I'm do. i not a good mm -mm. plant grower. Next one. It's far less trouble to keep the fork in one hand and use the knife in the opposite hand. But since I have literally never done that, I didn't have the muscle memory to make it work. So I just had to endure odd looks from my host as he tried to imagine what physical impairment I must suffer because I can't use my knife in my left hand. Yeah, I switch. we switch it. 
if you want to cut something with a knife yeah. you put your fork in your left hand yeah. and cut with your yeah i couldn't cut with my left hand no that would be unnatural and weird it would be huh interesting and this is my last one chinese food in america is a lie I'm currently in China, and if I ask for common American Chinese dishes, no one knows what in the world I'm talking about. They really eat a ton of chicken feet and fish soup. I've seen fish skin chips, roasted duck heads, pork floss, (laughs) and no lo mein, fried rice, General Tso's chicken, none of these exist. It makes sense because we wouldn't eat traditional meal- meals here, but culture shock is an understatement. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to eat any of that. No duck head for me. Thank you. Um, the girl that I know at work, that's she's from Vietnam, mm-hmm. she brought in shrimp chips hmm. one day. I was like, ew. Was it what was it it was like these chips i mean it looks like chips but, but they were like shrimp flavored sh- i think it's made out of shrimp oh like a crispy shrimp something i don't know that sounds great that sounds like a pork rind but shrimp yeah i tried it it was it wasn't bad it needed salt hmm. but it was okay. interesting yeah yeah some like things like that i would try but like weird shit no i'm not gonna put that in my mouth (laughs) no (laughs) they probably think the same thing about our stuff oh probably probably like it's so good salt and vinegar (laughs) chips man oh man so good so good (laughs) so before i get into my ghost stories i was listening to uh, monsters among us podcast i love that podcast by the way and I just have to tell you one of the stories that was on it. Okay. So, it was this it was this guy that called in and he was telling his story. He said he was 15 and he had been over to his friend's house. They and he lives out in the country. Uh-huh. So he's walking home and he was cutting through a field and it was just grass. He said the grass was about 2 feet high. Yeah. And he's just walking and all of a he looks, you know, farther up or whatever and he sees this huge black cat he said it was like so the grass was like two feet tall and he could see about a foot of oh, the, shit. the cat yeah above the grass so he said it had to have been at least three feet tall holy shit it's a cat okay and he's just watching it you know it's just walking mm-hmm. and he's watching it and it it stops all of a sudden and it notices that this guy is there yeah and he said they lock eyes for a few minutes and then the cat stands up and runs away on two feet (laughs) what i was like i was literally in my car i was like oh my god what I just got huge chills, but I it oh my god! Up. He said it stood up on its two feet, started running. He said it ran like a man, oh. like arms pumping, no, and running, no, and it ran off into the woods. I have got like full body chills. What the fuck? I was sit. I I I was sitting there listening to that story, and I was like. I, I would die if I saw that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
What do you mean? Okay, you're standing in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere. It sounds like yes, and you see that yes. Thank God it ran the other way. I know. That's what I kept thinking through the whole story. I was like, what if it started running? at you oh my gosh that creeped me out so bad fuck yeah anyway just the three foot cat sitting there freaked me out well yeah it's a huge cat okay whatever yeah you know when it was walking on four legs or whatever okay (laughs) but then it stands up and no no, that's not right oh my gosh i'm gonna have to listen to that I, i love that podcast I couldn't get into it. Maybe I should give it another shot. Yeah, I think you should. Um, so I did Ghosts of Canada. Yay! For our Canadians out there. Woohoo! Um, this is part one. So, some of the stuff that is haunted in Canada <laughs> is St. Francis Xavier University in Antigonish, Nova Scotia. And yes, I'm going to mess up some words. Okay. Ashley, help. originally built back in 1853 the sis you talk about tongue twisters (laughs) maybe i'm off the hook (laughs) yeah you passed it on to me the saint francis xavier university merged with mount saint bernard college oh okay it was a local catholic school for girls in 1894 one of the nuns working at mount saint bernard who legend has it fell in love and had an affair with a priest of saint francis xavier as her religion forbid this kind of thing she was extremely ashamed not being able to live with the guilt it's reported she leapt to her death from a balcony in gilmora hall Staff and students now refer to her as the Blue Nun. It's believed she haunts the halls and residences of the campus, turning on taps, knocking on doors, knocking over books, and on occasion she has been known to appear. Holy crap. I really find it hard to believe any nun would commit suicide. Not the ultimate, like in Catholic religion, isn't that the ultimate sin? And you know what? I'm so, and I know I've said this before. I am so tired of hearing about these women. Oh my God! I that know that fall in love, and oh, it broke her heart, so she had to kill herself. Yeah, no. whatever. Men are making up these stories. Okay, <laughs> that's all I got to say. Well, seriously, I mean, because especially over a man, I can't imagine a nun. No offense to the men out there, but come on. I know. I just Well, no person in general, no person is worth killing yourself over. Nothing is worth killing yourself over. All right. Dunvegan (laughs) Dunvegan Provincial Park in Fairview, Alberta. The site of one of Alberta's very first fur trade posts. What? I'm sorry. again? <laughs> well, I know it's fine. And it's here it is again. Done vegan. Please say done vegan. Done vegan. Provincial <laughs> Park is believed to be home to many of paranormal goings ons. Goings on. One of the most common reports is the ghost of a woman who is believed to have frozen to death one fateful night whilst out searching for her husband during an unrelenting snowstorm. 
Many eyewitness accounts report the sighting of a lantern seen flickering in the distance, right where the body of the woman was found. Aww, that's sad. There is a common sighting of a priest who's been sitting at a desk in the rectory. He's also been seen by passersby standing up, looking out of a window. A common claim at the park is the feeling of being watched throughout, in particular around the Dunvegan <laughs> Bridge, <laughs> where the ghost of a woman dressed in a long white hooded cloak and bare feet has been witnessed. Her figure has also been spotted around the mists coming in from the river. Ottawa Bytown Museum in Ottawa, Ontario, situated on the Lower Locks. Lower Locks? So maybe that's. I don't know what that is. I know in. I think Ireland or Scotland, Locks means lake. Is it L O C H? Lo- oh, then that's not. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know what it is. Hmm. But it's situated on the lower locks of Verdue Canal on the Ottawa River, the museum was originally built way back in 1827 by the British military as means of storing coin and supplies. It wasn't until the 1950s when it was converted to what is now Ottawa's premier museum, gallery, and historic site. The reports for this location center around two male spirits, Duncan McNabb and Colonel John By. Many a report points to the spirits of both men competing for the spot of the top ghost. The apparition of a man has been seen wandering the rooms, with the male figure taking a shine to groups, often appearing at the back of the room only to disappear into thin air as soon as he's seen. The staff has often reported the distinct sounds of two men arguing with some conviction. One of the most famous hauntings of the museum surrounds the dolls who have been known to move positions by themselves at night. Mm-mm. One particular report that stands out comes from one of the volunteers at the museum. He believed the ghost of McNabb was the most prominent male spirit, though this theory was tested one particular night when the power to his computer went off by itself. When it rebooted, he witnessed the words, Lieutenant Colonel John By, written repeatedly all over his screen. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be scary. Yeah. Uh, Government House in Regina, Saskatchewan. One of the most infamous of Canadian haunted houses, recently refurbished to its original 1890s grandeur, the Government House was the residence of the former Lieutenant Governor of Saskatchewan. Guests today can take a tour and take in its history and its distinctive architecture for themselves. If you're lucky or unlucky, you might bump into one of its resident ghosts. One ghost who goes by the name of Howie may be waiting for you, as his apparition has been seen on many occasions mainly in the kitchen. He is believed to be the ghost of the former cook of Archibald Peter McNabb, who was Lieutenant Governor of Saskatchewan from 1936 to 1945. Howie is also known to be the source of disembodied footsteps, repeatedly opening and shutting of doors, and the moving of objects. Other reports within the building include people seeing faces in the mirror next to their own, and the mysterious sounds of children laughing and babies crying in the dead of night. Unexplained cold spots are often experienced, mainly in what was the nursery wing of the house. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
if i see a face by my face in a mirror <laughs> oh my gosh that'd be so scary the mirror is dead meat yes seven years bad luck for sure i would break it i'd probably actually run screaming from the room yeah I, yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> now that i think about it that would be so fucking scary yes it would see anything in the mirror that's not supposed to be there uh, no don't like mirrors and going back to the last story i think like hearing a an argument clearly Mm -hmm. or like on the ghost shows they've heard like parties going on yeah and like nothing's there so creepy i love it gibraltar point lighthouse in toronto ontario toronto itself is a hotbed of paranormal activity and one location that never fails to disappoint is the gibraltar point lighthouse located on the inner harbor of center island visiting this eerie looking structure and you may witness firsthand the ghost of the lighthouse's very first keeper john paul rattlemuller <laughs> rattlemuller i don't know <laughs> Mueller is reported to have died back in 1815, seven years after the lighthouse was built, but not much is known about the cause. It is believed by many that Mueller was a bootlegger, and one night a group of Fort York soldiers wanted to enjoy some of his booze, but he allegedly refused, and already drunk, the soldiers murdered him. Mm-hmm. They apparently dismembered his body, leaving parts of it all around the lighthouse. His ghost has been seen dashing up to light the beacon during stormy weather and wandering around the grounds accompanied by moaning sounds. Oh, no. Moaning? No. Fairmont, Empress, Victoria, Vancouver Island. It's quite a mouthful. I don't know what all that was about. (laughs) Okay, anyway... Uh, the Fairmount, Fairmont Empress Hotel. The Fairmont Empress is a luxurious Victorian hotel situated in the heart of Victoria, listed as a National Historic Site of Canada due to its national significance and playing host to royalty, movie stars, and many famous people. The hotel is also known for guests of the ghostly variety. Guests and staff alike have reportedly witnessed the slender apparition of a man strolling down the halls sporting a mustache and carrying a cane. He's believed to be the former architect Francis Rattenbury. Rattenbury. (laughs) There is a maid who's decided to stay beyond death to carry on the job she loves so much during her life. What the fuck ever? Nobody loves their job that much. Especially a maid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The ghost of a young girl is often seen by guests in one particular room. Another story from way back in 1960 when a construction worker working on the building's west tower claimed to have seen a black shadow form then begin to swing from the ceiling. It's reported that this could have been the spirit of another worker who had hung himself in the same location a year earlier. Oh, God. Seal Island, Yarmouth, Yarmouth County in Nova Scotia. This island is southwestern Nova Scotia is apparently the home of the ghost of Annie Lindsay, who is believed to have died when her lifeboat overturned after the ship she was on, the SS Ottawa, was shipwrecked off the island in 1891. Oh, God, that's such an extra bummer. Yeah. (laughs) 
Her body was buried in the East End churchyard, and visitors can still see her grave marker to this day. Local legend says there was evidence that she was buried alive after her coffin was disinterred years later. Oh, God. Her ghost can be seen wandering the churchyard and surrounding areas. Oh, that's awful. Poor thing. Ottawa Jail Hostel in Ottawa, Ontario. Serving as Ottawa's jail for over 100 years, the jail closed in 1972. A year after that, it reopened as a hostel and has served as an ideal stopover, stopover for budget travelers from all over the world. Due to its past use as a jail, there's been a lot of individual turmoil, including three executions, including the infamous hanging of Patrick J. Whalen, who was sentenced to death after being found guilty of murdering Thomas Darcy McGee, one of Canada's fathers of Confederation. Guests and staff have witnessed so much activity at this location, including disembodied voices, being touched by unseen hands, and apparitions. One of the apparitions is said to be the ghost of Whalen, who has been known to appear throughout the building, but most unnervingly of all, at the foot of guests' beds. You can still book a stay at this hotel, with rooms coming in 3 by 9 variety. I don't know why that was in there. <laughs> and that's all I got on Ghosts in Canada oh, for right. this week. Good deal. So, again, I had this ready a long time ago. So, I'm going to do, I believe... The spookiest thing that's ever happened to people on Halloween. Okay. So first one. One year on Halloween, I was visiting my cousins. We were all around the same age. Like any normal teenagers, we were bored and with nothing to do, we decided to go trick-or-treating. My cousins lived in a really old area. All the houses were over a hundred years old. The entire place looked like something out of a horror movie. We knocked on a few doors. Everything was going good until my cousin dared me to knock on the house at the end of the street. Thinking nothing of it, I walked up to the house while they all stayed behind. As I walked up to the door, it slowly opened, creaking noises and everything. It was really dark inside with just a little light coming from one of the rooms farther back into the house. I remember thinking these people had gone all out for Halloween because this place was so creepy. I called out, but there was just silence. Beginning to feel really creeped out, I was just about to leave when I heard a woman's voice say, come on in. There was no way I was going in there, so I just waited and then heard her say it again, come on in, and then something like, we're here. I'm really scared now. I'm just standing there frozen because there was something about that voice and it was so dark in there. Then suddenly I hear a loud bang and what sounds like heavy footsteps rushing towards me from the back of the house, and that's when I ran. My cousins were laughing at me, but when I told them about the creepy voice telling me to go inside, they stopped. Turns out the house has been abandoned for years and was known oh to be haunted. Oh my god! No. Creepy. And who opened the door? Ugh. And why, whoever opened the door, why didn't they stand at the door? Yeah, like a normal person. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's creepy. Okay, next one. My daughter has this imaginary friend named Polly when she was much younger. I would regularly hear her talking in her room as though there was someone else in it. I wasn't overly bothered by it. I thought it was a normal thing for a kid to do. If I was sitting at the table, she would ask to set a place for Polly. If she lost a toy, then Polly had lost it. As I said, n normal stuff. 
but I never gave it much thought until one night when I was putting my daughter to bed and asked her what Polly looked like. He looks like Grandpa, only, he, only he's a lot older and with no hair and black eyes. And then she said, but I'm not supposed to tell you, it's a secret. I was freaked out. She slept in my bed that night, and I'll be honest, I kept the lights on all night. Polly lasted a whole year before my daughter gradually stopped talking about her, him, it. I never asked her about it again, as I remember someone telling me once, um, the more you talk about something like that, the more power you give it seems to have worked. Well, that's creepy. Yes, it is. Next one, an old friend of the family used to drive school buses across the country to their soon-to-be new schools. The protocol called for them not to stop for anything, even to help. He was driving in the Midwest one night and came across a long stretch of road with huge cornfield on one side and an empty field on the other. It was 2 o'clock in the morning and he came across a wrecked car with lights still on and people scattered on the ground. He slowed down to help, but remember he couldn't, so he kept going. As he was calling it in, he looked back to find the people standing in the middle of the road staring at the bus. Upon further inspection, others started to emerge from the corn in a creepy fashion, also staring at him. I was six when he told me this. I still hate corn a little. Oh my that gosh. Is so creepy. So glad he didn't stop. Holy shit. No shit. Ugh. When I was a kid back in my old house, I had assumed my sister and I were playing in the attic when my sister suggests that I hang out the window for whatever reason. A few seconds later, my dad outside sees me hanging almost fully out of the third story window on my own, starts yelling and running, etc. After I get pulled back inside, my mother and sister insist that I was alone in the attic for a last hour. (gasps) That my sister was with my mom the whole time, and my dad had passed my sister on the ground level before heading back inside. I assume at least one of them is lying to me about something, certainly more plausible than a ghost tried to get me to kill myself. Oh my god, that's so crazy. I know. Oh my gosh. Next one, my friend's mom had some spooky experiences in the house they used to live in. One day she was laying in bed after her husband left for work. She didn't work at the time, so she slept a little later than he did before getting up to do stuff. She heard someone walking around the house and figured he hadn't left just yet. A few minutes later, she felt the sheets beside or behind her rise as if someone was getting into bed with her. No one was there. She felt breath on the back of her neck neck as whatever it was laid down next to her she bolted out of the house and waited for her husband to come back before returning Ugh, no, no way no that's scary shit <clears throat> next one we bought a 50s bungalow a few years ago the original owner had passed and we were the first people to live there since my daughter's bedroom was on the far side of the house from mine and was always colder than the rest of the house we chalked it up to the poor insulation in that room every night i would hear her talking to someone just thought it was baby sleep babbling she was about two at the time then she started talking to someone in the daytime too i asked her about it and she told me it was the it was the blue-faced mommy the mommy wanted to play peekaboo with her all the time and wouldn't leave her alone she said she would wake her up at night to play peekaboo it freaked the shit out of me I talked about it with one of the older ladies ladies in the neighborhood who knew the original family. Apparently, their oldest daughter had suffocated herself in the house after giving birth to a stillborn child. 
Not sure how she suffocated herself. The neighbor didn't have a lot of details. It happened in the early 70s. I'm sure that this was the blue-faced mommy my daughter was talking about. A friend told me she had read the best way to deal with lingering spirits is to politely ask them to leave. So one night when my girl was woken up, I went to her room and politely said, Please, ma'am, your family has moved away. We need you to go now. And after that, nothing. I still get chills thinking about it. Blah. That blue-faced mommy. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Next one. So when I was a kid, I would race up to the top of the stairs as fast as I could, like it was some sort of silly game. I was, I must have been about five or six at the time, uh, but I know I was very little. Somewhere along the way, a voice at the top of the stairs started to whisper to me. It would make bets with me, such as, I bet you a penny you can't make it to the top of the stairs. I don't really think there was a certain amount of time or anything. As I said, I was very little, so I probably didn't have counting abilities. I recall just sitting at the top of the stairs having conversations with this voice about the bedding. Eventually, the voice, it was like a whisper of a man's voice, not my own voice in my head. He started to bet me with my life. Instead of pennies, it'd say, I bet you your life you can't make it up the stairs. As I got older, it stopped. I never really thought about it at, at all. I never mentioned it to anyone until one night I was sleeping over at my brother's place. I was about 18 and he was about 22. We were talking about spooky stories. Out of nowhere, I brought up the voice at the top of the stairs, and my brother got all quiet and weird. Before I mentioned the betting aspect, he said, Did it make bets with you? We both looked at each other horrified. It certainly was freaky after the fact. Ugh. That is creepy. Mm -hmm. I hate it when siblings are like, Oh my God, did it make bets with you too? <laughs> That's so scary. When people corroborate other yeah. people's shit exactly. that's creepy yeah no next one when i was very young we lived in a house that had the usual ghost activity hearing footsteps footsteps hushed voices in the next room etc but the really cool thing was the basement door it would open on its own i'm not talking about open an inch or two when you closed another door nearby i mean it would swing fully open like someone was walking through it my parents tried locking the door and it would still swing open on its own by the time I was learning to walk, my dad was concerned I would fall down the steps, so he went down to the basement and just said, to no one in particular, that he had a young daughter upstairs and would and could they please be careful with the door. Ever since then, the basement door would open, but then slowly shut on its own. Oh my gosh, that's creepy. Next one, this isn't my story, so it takes from the horror factor a bit, but it's a good from a good friend and I know that I know doesn't make up stuff. When he was about eight, he was playing hide-and-seek with a friend at his house. It was late, probably about ten-ish. It's my friend's turn to find his friend. He's looking everywhere around the house, but he can't seem to find him anywhere. He eventually decides he must be hiding outside. So he leaves the house to find him. He starts searching around some bushes when he hears his friend's voice coming from a dark corner about 20 feet away. The voice calls calls for him to come over he didn't because he already was spooked out enough being outside in the pitch black my friend yelled back no you come over here 
That's when he said it really started to get spooky. He told me the voice that sounded just like his friend kept insisting that he come over to the dark corner. My friend kept saying no over and over again. At this point, he said the voice suddenly changed to a dark, horrible-sounding voice demanding he come over. At this point, he ran back inside, only to see his friend in the living room. When questioned how he got inside so fast, the friend said he never went outside. Now, I know both of these guys, none of them make up shit, and I doubt if it, I doubt it's the case of an imaginary, of an imagination gone wild. Whatever that voice was, it still spooks me just thinking about the story. Ugh. So what was calling him from the dark corner? Mm, the boogeyman? Insisting that he come over there. That's so creepy. That was all I had. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. So this week I did cops share ridiculous sounding excuses. Oh my god, this is the best. (laughs) Oh no. Had a domestic in progress. I responded during Christmas Day and the excuse for them fighting was we're not mad at each other. We're just upset because we wanted to surprise the kids for Christmas. We got some deer, dressed them up. Now they're destroying our house. Oh my fucking God. Turns out there were literally three fully grown white-tailed deer in the house somehow dressed with full bell harnesses (laughs) like Santa's reindeer. I had to call the game wardens down who were then able to help me remove the deer from the property without injury to us or them. How they managed to get the deer and dress them up is still a mystery to this day. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it really wasn't a, an excuse. It happened. Yeah. And it pissed everybody off. Oh my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> who the fuck does that? People are stupid. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Where did Let's they get, get these us deer? Some wild animals. Did they Bring go them out in our house and huh? catch deer? <laughs> How do you catch deer? I don't know. I have so many questions. <laughs> How the fuck? And oh my first god, all, I can't. First of all, how would you freaking find them? Seriously, how would you find them? How would you get harnesses on them? How do you get them to come into your house? <laughs> I mean, and all why? All that why? And then you act surprised when they start tearing your shit up. Seriously, oh my god, what are you doing? You're not just gonna lay on the carpet like good deer? <laughs> in this world anymore. I can't do it. With people like that. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's funny. Oh my god. My dad is an officer and he pulled someone over for speeding and running a red light and they said their breast implant burst. He called the EMT or the EMs to rush them to the hospital and turned out it did and it's actually very dangerous if they leak oh shit so these aren't excuses they're i mean they're ridiculous sounding excuses that actually were true oh okay okay well yeah i left that part off (laughs) that makes more sense (laughs) that's crazy She's like, my boob exploded. I'm serenaded. I gotta go. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. 
Got a call of a domestic dispute that sounded very heated and a lot of banging was heard. Get to the scene and I can hear someone yelling and swearing and brawling. Doesn't sound good at all. Guy answers the door, shirt off and angry, but seems bewildered as to why police have been called. He told me he was building Ikea furniture. (laughs) Sounds like the most bullshit thing, but we enter, see the new Ikea furniture half set up and no one else is home. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to say it like he was playing a video game or something. No, the furniture. More funny. (laughs) Stopped a guy on a suspended registration and he started getting upset, but not at me. I asked him why he's so upset. He says it's his wife's car. She stopped making payments and it got suspended. On top of that, he was pissed because he was on the way to the new girlfriends and she was probably going to dump him if he no-showed her. (laughs) I I issued him a criminal ticket thinking he was going to back off and leave the story. Instead, he goes, I totally get why you gave me a ticket, but I don't want this girl to dump me. She's a smoke. Can you give me a ride there? (laughs) I say fine, but you have to introduce me. (laughs) Again, thinking he'd back off the story. He says, okay, deal, and away we go. (laughs) We're sitting outside, and this girl refuses to come out, so he puts me on the phone. I tell her that it's either she comes out and says hi, or I bring him to jail. (laughs) Out she comes. 11-10, dude hit the jackpot. It's a hot chick. I guess. Whatever, dude, go to work. (laughs) Do your job. During a search of a person, I pulled out a bag of sticky dark substance consistent with heroin. The subject had multiple drug priors and is a known heavy heroin user. He immediately tells me it is burnt sugar and he is pissed someone sold it to him. <gasps> Long story short, when I tested the substance, it did not test positive for heroin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was pissed he didn't get his heroin. Like, no, that's not heroin. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> had a call one night for some teenagers trespassing trespassing on one of the large properties in the more wealthy part of my patrol area get there partner and i found the kids and asked them what they're doing they said they heard a school rumor there was a camel kept on the property this is in the southwestern u.s ain't no camels here (laughs) we tell them to get out of there and they didn't argue my partner looks at me and goes, you know, I kind of want to see if there's a camel. <laughs> so we're wandering around the property with our flashlights when all of a sudden I turn and my flashlight reveals an actual live untethered camel just hanging out and chilling. <laughs> we talked with the property owner who wanted to press charges on the kids for trespassing, but my partner was able to talk him out of it when we started asking if he had the required permits for the camel (laughs) and if the city knew about it because if he wanted a report they would (laughs) what an asshole wanted to report some kids come on they wanted to see a fucking camel don't have a camel camel. if you don't want people to come and see your fucking camel (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah People are assholes. 
flew yeah. by me in the emergency breakdown lane while we were stopped in traffic due to a crash a few miles north. So naturally, I pull into the emergency lane, put my lights on, and get him to stop. Walk up to the car and go, dude, what the hell, are you serious? And I see he's sweating, like seriously sweating. On the verge of tears, I should probably call for EMS sweating. I don't know what that means. He tells me he had gone to lunch at a buddy's and went back to his house and fell asleep. When he woke up, he knew something was wrong and didn't want to blow up his friend's bathroom. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fair. Didn't give him a ticket since I figured the high possibility of him shitting himself on his way home would be worse than a $163 ticket and three points on his license. Told him to wait in the travel lanes like everyone else and that his car better be at the gas station that's at the exit half a mile down the road it was so i assume he didn't ruin his car (laughs) man who gives a shit about your friend's bathroom just go yeah you can clean it seriously light a match (laughs) (laughs) there was a luggage mix-up at the airport and he took the wrong luggage he had to wear a suit that was too big when i pulled him over i saw a bag of white powder on the passenger seat he said it wasn't his we called the man who owned the luggage it was his mother's ashes oh no oh that's terrible (laughs) that wasn't very funny no (laughs) i pulled someone over and his eyes were swollen like pink eye so i thought he has weed in his system but he said he was just crying because his cat died not believing him but my shift just starting i have to take him to his house in the squad in the squad car when we pull up it smells like skunk and i see a giant tent in the backyard and we walk into the backyard i see a gravestone (laughs) and it read in loving memory of fluffy and i still don't know if that's the real reason his eyes were red and blood bloodshot or not but i let him go oh that's terrible. <laughs> Poor kitty. An end on very good ones. No, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, we really appreciate it. Remember that we still need your stories. Send them in. Anything. We will take it. Coolsnadeoutpodcast at gmail Also, look up our Facebook page you can join our group you can also recommend us on facebook uh rate review subscribe that will really help us and we need to keep an eye out for that spotify vote thing that's coming up Mm. at the beginning of the year which i'll look that up and give you more information on that hopefully did i say twitter and instagram already Mm -hmm. i'm trying to post on there more so look that up and email us your stories Email us your stories. <laughs> Please. Email us your story. Podcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.